Welcome back. This is Corey Pritchard, and this is another segment of Super is Natural in the Kingdom of God. Uh, and I've said this before, but I'm very excited. I get very excited about being able to have the opportunity uh, to share something I, that I have actually you know, used in my life. Uh, so for me, uniquely, you don't know this about me. Again, we're starting to, you know, again to know each other uh, a little bit better. But one thing's for sure is that if I'm sharing something with you, my goal is to be able to uh, uh, share with you applied knowledge, okay? Not just learn knowledge. Uh, so it's not a case where I'm going to share things with you that I'm not uh, either have tried, you know, and, and it's worked in my past or I am using currently in my life. Uh, it's not just something I'm planning to use, right? So uh, imagine if you went to a person's house, they invited you over, uh, put a big, big spread together, right? Food looks exquisite, you know, very, very nice. Um, and they have you sit down at the table. Uh, they sit down at the table, maybe beside you or across from you. And they're looking at you, you know, ready for you to take your first bite of the food. And then you notice, you know, that, uh, uh, on their plate, they don't they don't even have the same meal. You know, they, they cook the meal for you, but then they, they had takeout, <laughs> maybe, you know, from a local restaurant. And then they have this takeout bag and they start to unpack the food from their from their takeout bag and start to, you know, put it in front of them. They're still looking at you like, hey, you know, go ahead and eat. Uh, my question to you would be, would you have any concerns about the meal that they put, put together for you? <laughs> right. So it's a case where if they if they cook something for you that they're not willing to eat themselves, uh, then maybe you should be concerned <laughs> about the meal that they're preparing for you. So uh, the things that God is showing me, uh, they are good. They are sound. And I am eating my own cooking right daily. Uh, and it is good. So uh, just based on the response. Uh, for my own self and my own reaction to the food that I'm actually eating, to the diet that I'm actually on, that I'm sharing with you. I'm saying, hey, I, I, I've had this. This dish is it's excellent, right? And, I, and I'm loving it. I'm benefiting from it. I just want to share with you uh, what I'm actually you know, taking in myself. So I want to make sure I'm sharing that. So if nothing else, I want to make sure that you know that about me. I'm not about, again, uh, these, these philosophies. thing about philosophy is, is that you can have these concepts, these ideas, uh, that you can actually formulate, you can teach them, right? You can write books about them, you can share them, uh, but you don't live any of it out. <laughs> I mean, that's just a crazy thing to think about. But in, in philosophy, you don't actually have to do any of it, you know? And the thing about religion is, in religion, it's okay to be an actor, right? Uh, many of us have a favorite actor uh, or actress uh, that maybe we follow from, from a kid or maybe, you know, something, you know, recently... Uh, and the reality is they're liars, right? And, and nothing bad, uh, you know, against them. But the reality is, I think that they would have to be honest to say, uh, is that they are paid to lie and convince you that what they're saying is believable, right? And then we know it's all a show, right? They're pretending, which means that they're lying, uh, which means the person that they're playing uh, is not who they really are. It may not even be a person uh, that they're that they're portraying that they even agree with their views, right? Uh, so the reality is is that we have come to accept a lot of acting and hypocrisy in religion, and I believe that we shouldn't. But again, that's just a common thing uh, that we found in religion. We expect for people to say things that they don't really mean, right? We expect for people to teach and preach things that they don't actually practice in their own lives. Uh, we expect for people to share things with you uh, without actually having any of those uh, things manifest in our lives, right? 
I mean, this is what we have come to expect from religion. And it's a sad thing. Jesus Christ, again, is my model. Uh, when I talk about this kingdom of God, he is the king of the kingdom of God. Uh, he spoke very harshly and he was very critical uh, about hypocrites, okay, and hypocritical act activities and action, calling them actors, right? <laughs> Jesus didn't like no actors, right? Uh, and, I, and I joke, and I, I, I told you, I just, I just going you know, be as candid as I can. As a, a artist, I like to listen to his name is Bizzle. I encourage you to, you know, go out, you know, pick up some of his music, you know, pay for it, right? Support uh, what he's doing because he's got some outstanding stuff. Regardless if you, you know, decide to accept the kingdom of God or not, uh, just some really good music. And Bizzle has, you know, this word that he used in one of his songs called fakery, right? He said, ain't got no fakery in me. And it's a case where uh, the longer that I've been walking you know, in this in this journey, you know, as far as uh, the learning more about the principles of the kingdom of God, uh, and really uh, gaining my intimacy with God, then, then I don't have any fakery. I'm losing my fakery. Uh, I'm losing my pretending and acting. Uh, I don't really have any of that, okay? If I still have some of it, I apologize. I'm trying to lose it all, even religion. You know, a lot of those religion, religious uh, uh, actions, uh, traditions, uh, ways of talking and saying things, you know, the attitude, again, uh, philosophies. Yeah, I don't want none of that. You know, my goal is to be able to, uh, to, to, to lose all of it. Uh, so when I'm speaking on these recordings, and I hope that you can hear my heart and my sincerity, uh, I'm open to whatever you have to say. Again, I'm, I'm unoffendable. So if you don't like something I said or the way I said it, you feel free uh, to be able to share that. But my goal is, again, to make sure that we can connect in a way that I can be impactful and beneficial to your life if that's what you're looking for. OK, so with that being said, I'm going to get right into the topic of our discussion today. Today's discussion will be about uh, love and honor. So we just just call it just that. Right. Love and honor. And I believe uh, that this is so vitally important. Now, I've done a number of teachings uh, and a number of things trying to share the importance of the love of God with people. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, years ago, I've had, you know, uh, different people that have tried to teach that topic. And it's one of the most, for whatever reason, um, I don't want to say unexcitable, uh, but there's, there's, there's oftentimes that people are, seem to be uh, least interested. <laughs> so let me say it that way, is that uh, we don't seem to be as interested nearly as we should be if we understood the importance of the topic and how important this topic is. I mean, really, if we understood how important uh, love is to God, uh, then, I mean, it's not, a, it's not really a, a more important uh, topic. I mean, I'll say it this way. If the kingdom of God is the context, is the way I say it, which means that we could we should view the entire Bible and God and everything about God through the kingdom of God. So as important as I believe the kingdom of God is, then I would say that the that love, okay, this perfect unconditional love that God talks about, then that love is more important even than the kingdom of God. Okay, and I'll say it that way. So uh, today's again discussion or topic. Uh, is going to be dealing with love and honor, okay? So the way I'll begin is, and I tried to begin this way, and I had to actually restart before, restart before, and I, I'll try to make it as quick, as quick as I can. But I encourage you to go to the book of Genesis, and there we find our origin. Uh, there we hear about Adam, uh, who God breathed into his nostrils the, be the breath of life. He was put to sleep. A rib was taken from his body, and woman was formed 
uh, from him. This is the wombed man. Okay, if you never heard that term before, it's a powerful term. Okay, literally a man with a womb. Right, the man has the seed, and the woman has the soil or the ground, the womb uh, that allows a uh, fruit to be born. Very, very important. Uh, so the reason why I wanted to say that is I wanted to make sure that women understand, understood, and men, right? We often understand that women are no, uh, are not uh, lower than men or higher than men, right? For feminists, okay? That we are made equal, right? In the eyes of God, woman and man are equal because they have separate roles and both are vitally important, Okay. So when we're dealing with the way that God views women, understand that God views you as so important and so vital. So uniquely, the thing that's so important is the fact that you are a spirit being, right, which allows you to be able to access multiple realms. So again, if you are a person that's in witchcraft or has have had any experience with witchcraft or any kind of mystic things, then this thing is not strange to you, okay? You don't have animals that are tapping into the spirit realm. It may happen in movies, uh, but that's not the way it happens in, in real life. But humanity, human beings, uniquely are able to access the spirit realm, okay? So as a spirit being, you actually live within a dirt human's body, which makes us legal, right? It makes me legal to actually be able to access everything here, on the earth, be able to communicate, to be able to sense things here in this earth realm. And then I also have a soul, right? So our soul allows us to be able to have this intersection, which connects me as a spirit being with my physical body. So my soul literally is who everyone sees me as, okay? So when people talk to you, they see what's called your personality or who you are, then the people are really sensing your soul, right? The way that you say things, right? Your 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 so-called dialect, right? Your 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 uh, conversation, right? The way that you wear your clothes, the food, the way you prepare your food, like all of those things are things that are manifesting in your soul. So that soulish reality is what most most people receive. So with that being said. You and I, as a human being in our so-called gender, it goes deeper than just our physical plumbing, okay? Let me make sure I say that correctly. So I want to be clear about this, okay? So if you're dealing with uh, any type of uh, gender identity uh, uh, things, I don't want to call them issues, just things uh, where someone is, has told you that maybe uh, even though you were born with certain genitalia, certain private parts, then psychologically that you can choose to be something else, then that may be it may cause you a lot of problems. Okay, I've seen some videos and heard a different a lot of different things uh, and dealing with just gender identity that people are dealing with. So here's the reality of it: is that it's not just about your physical makeup that makes you a man or a woman. Okay, it's not just the genitalia, right? Honestly, there's a lot of other things. Of course, honestly, you know uh, there's you know, so-called, you know, breasts, I guess, for, for women, uh, other types of things for women. Also, physically, there's other things that, that are that are outwardly apparent uh, from, from women. Uh, if there was an, uh, an autopsy that was actually done uh, on, a, on a person, uh, then it would be uh, certain things that the, uh, that, the, that the person that was conducting the, the autopsy uh, would actually be looking for. So they could, they could know for a fact that this person is a man or a woman. You know, even down to maybe your bones, okay, and bone structure. I mean, just a lot of things 
that that actually make up, you know, the fact that you are, okay, the truth. Okay, I say it that way, that you and I are a by gender either a male or a female. Now, are there some things that unnaturally happen? Again, these are demonic things, evil things, things that God never intended, that I don't think your parents ever intended. Could they come in and, and they could actually happen that could kind of manipulate some of those things that could, you know, make it seem like it's something different? That 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 could happen for a very small, minute group of people that could happen okay but overall if we look at the entire makeup then what we find is there's going to be more male than female even in that minute small case okay so going one level deeper soul you're not just a male or female by gender physically you're also male or female uh, by gender okay by your soul by the makeup of your soul understand that people the way they perceive you and the way you appear to other people, it is all the makeup of your soul, right? And it's a very interesting thing that the way that you impact the world, the way that you are, then that is a soulish issue also. Now, is it possible uh, that, again, mentally that you could have uh, some idea of you being a woman, okay, even though that you have a male plumbing? I would say that that's possibly the case. How does that happen? I don't know. Okay, but I know that that is possible psychiatrically, right? There's things that can happen to people where they can believe that they're all types of different things, okay? And it, it doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just a case where this is a reality of what we deal with as human beings, that psychologically a person can believe that they're, you know, some form of animal or an alien or any type of thing. And you can't convince that person that it's not real because that's so real in their mind, okay? So that's what we're dealing with. So there's a case where... There's at least two realms that we can have a reality of a male or female makeup as far as gender. Okay, spiritually, then it's a unique thing. Okay, there's no gender spiritually as a spirit being. There is no gender. That's the reason why I say that God views everybody on the same platform. So as a spirit being, you are deposited in a physical body and you have a soul, right? These are just powerful things. So the way, again, that we would see you or, or relate to you Normally, as a case, it's just made up based on, again, your physical makeup and your soul. So it, it may have been a lot deeper than maybe you wanted to go with it. But I wanted to make sure I could, again, build a nice little platform so we can actually move forward and have a really good conversation. So with that being said, then it's a case where women by makeup, then it is a huge driving force to feel loved. OK, so if you are a, you know, a woman on this call then you know I'm not speaking anything that's new to you for whatever reason. <laughs> men, we maybe be, can, can be, uh, um, I'll say, deluded, right? I leave a <laughs> delusional life and believing that women are wired the way that we are, but we just have to come to grips with the way that we're made up and really celebrate each other so that we can really appreciate each other and love each other the way that we should for who we are, Okay. So the reality is, is that for most women, I say all women, and then you may have denied this, okay, and may experience it in a different way, but I don't care what clothes you choose to put on, okay? So it could be a case where maybe, uh, again, a, per a woman is dressing like a man. You could be a woman who's putting on slacks and, and polos, and, you know, you want to do your hair in a way that, that people don't recognize you as a woman, or vice versa. You know, it could be a case where a man is, is dressing like a woman and putting on makeup and nail polish and all of those types of things. Uh, but you just have to understand by makeup, okay, these are things that go very, very, very deep inside of us that we can't deny. 
is that a woman's number one driving force, the thing that a woman craves the most, is to feel loved, right? You would love to be loved, but to feel loved is the first thing. And to actually authentically be loved, there's not a more valuable thing to a woman on the planet than to actually be loved, right? So the problem is, is because this uh, perfect unconditional love that God has, I mean, literally God says about himself, okay, and there's, there's a couple of scriptures that actually say this. It says that God not like love. He doesn't just have love. It, it literally says that God is love. So never heard that before. It's a powerful thing to understand that this God that we're seeking this intimacy with, he wants that intimacy more with us than we want it with him, right? He's done everything to be able to, to, to be able to provide that intimacy and show you what? Love. Isn't that a crazy thing? Okay. So uh, again, as a, as, a, as a woman, there's not more, not a more valuable product on the planet than for you to actually have this perfect, unconditional love. It's a powerful thing, okay? So here's how unique it is, okay? Biblically, it says that a man's responsibility is to what? Love his wife. Isn't that interesting, right? So as a husband, my primary responsibility in dealing with my wife is to do what with her? It is to love her. Right. So the thing that most women are looking for is that is supposed to be fulfilled here on earth by their spouse. Isn't that a powerful thing? OK, so, again, we're talking in theory, right? Conceptually, this is what's supposed to happen. So I'm not saying that if you're married, uh, that your husband is doing it. Not saying that. OK, I'm not saying that if you're in a religion, uh, I said that God is love. I'm not talking about all gods are love. I'm not saying that. Uh, so if you haven't experienced that love. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not real. I'm just telling you the way it's supposed to be. So when you're dealing with this love, it's a case where it's so important to understand as a woman that you have to, again, have that love experience. Now, here's the challenge. If you don't have a husband who is showing you love, right? If you don't have kids and family members, co-workers, people that are actually showing you that love, it doesn't mean you don't have that crave. So the craving begins to be fulfilled by something else, right? So you begin to look at novels. I know uh, that for women, uh, it's not as much pornography. It'll be uh, reading material like books because emotionally you have a more deeper connection uh, with, 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 again, these, these, this reading than you do with actual pictures. Uh, but it still is a place where you're looking for that, that love, okay, that you haven't been able to find another place. Another place is a very... A very uh, popular source to be able to have this experience of a loving, you know, type of experience where you're feeling the sensation of love is through shopping, right? Uh, and that for men, you know, they, they don't understand why women, you know, shop or whatever it is. Understand it's so deep. My wife went as far as to say that it's like a sport, right? So if you don't want a woman complaining about you watching and playing sports, then you don't complain about her shopping because it's that deep, right? So when we're dealing with this thing, understand that this shopping could be a way that you or a woman could be having that void, this feel, because that, again, this is deep, insatiable desire to feel love. So shopping is a very, very, very important thing. Right. So and it could be other ways, you know, other things. Uh, I, believe, I believe cooking, you know, for some women is another another way that you do that, because you're, you're spending your time slaving in the kitchen, right, preparing this meal. And then when people come in, they say, wow, this is the best meal I ever had in my life. 
thank you. You're such what? An awesome cook, right? So what are we doing? We're, we're sharing an experience that they can perceive as love. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of, I, I know also women, you know, can, can, can like to cook because they like that experience that people have, uh, with cooking. Okay. And again, it's just that perception of love. So let me shift gears a little bit and go to man. Okay. So with humanity, okay, as far as man, okay, the physical gender man, the man, we are wired obviously totally different. I'm not going to get into a lot of stuff, but the major driver for a man is mostly being honored, okay? So if you never heard that before, it's a powerful thing. But men, as a man, if you're on the line, that you want to be honored more than anything, right? So again, biblically, uh, a husband's responsibility is to what? Love his wife, Right? Biblically, a woman's responsibility is to what? Honor her husband. Isn't that a powerful thing, right? Why? Because this is the number one driving thing. The, cra the crave, right, that all men have is to feel honored. Now, the world would actually put this word as respect, okay? Bible-wise, biblically, it doesn't say respect, but it's a case where it actually says honored. Isn't that a powerful thing, okay? It's a case where you may be looking for respect, but ultimately what you're looking for is to feel honored. So as a man, I know this, this is just, just absolutely insane stuff, but we will play sports with each other and play games with each other and, and, and run each other into the ground in order for us to feel respected is what the words, what the, what, what, you know, again, the world tells us that we're looking for is respect. Men will kill uh, men will do whatever it takes in order to get this so-called respect. They will do it all, do anything, give up anything to feel respected, right? So what men are really looking for is, again, we want to be honored. And again, as a, as a, as a, in a marriage, the woman's responsibility is to what? Honor her husband. So if he's getting this, this honored, be, being truly honored from home from his wife, then he's not going to be looking for as many of those things to be fulfilled with, right? So if a man's going out into the garage, you know, tinkering and fixing, fixing on some stuff, if he's, you know, picking up these little projects and doing all of these things, then what he's looking for, he's looking for this sense of being honored. He wants to feel honored by his children, honored by his wife, honored by his co-workers, honored by the community, right? So the man wants to have as much honor in every place that he, as, as he possibly can, right? By as many people as he possibly can. But the most important person that, that that man is looking to be honored by or feel honored by would be his wife, okay? If you're not married, then that would have to be uh, probably your mother, right, that fills that role. So it's just a powerful thing to understand that, okay? So when we're dealing with this conversation, why am I saying that's so important? The reason I'm saying that's so important is, is because... When we're dealing with our life, okay, coming into the kingdom of God, again, you're, you're still on the outside or maybe you've just recently confessed hope and faith in Christ, but these are just some basic things about the kingdom of God is that one of the most important things that we're commanded to do is to love each other, right? Love our brothers as ourselves. It's a powerful thing. Now, what I recently had to realize is, is that I couldn't find not one scripture in the entire Bible that I'm aware of. And maybe, again, you can find one and you can share that with me that commands me or gives me permission to love myself. Isn't that crazy? So the most important thing that Jesus said that we can do is, is to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, 
all of our soul, right? So we're loving God with everything that we have and everything that we are. We're supposed to love God that way. And it said behind that, then we should love our brothers as ourselves, right? Or love our neighbor as ourselves, love others as ourselves. The amazing thing is you would figure in between loving God <laughs> and loving my neighbor is that God would command me to love myself, but he doesn't. And this is a powerful thing about the kingdom of God is that when you are dealing with the kingdom of God, here's how absolutely incredible God is. Is that he says, focus on loving me. Pay attention to everything that I have done to demonstrate how much I've loved you. Focus on that. Receive this love that I'm pointing towards you that I've done from uh, for all time. Receive that. Acknowledge it. Thank me for it. Love me back. Okay. I'm giving you my love because remember, if I if, if I haven't said it or somebody else hasn't said it to you before, in the kingdom of God is that we are given God's love. Right. So we literally become a brand new spirit being. Isn't that a crazy thing? Like you're not even the same person as a spirit being. You're totally brand new. And then you receive the spirit of God dwelling and living on the inside of you. You should give permission for God to actually dwell and immerse and baptize your soul. Right. Completely fill your soul so you can have the power and authority. All those wonderful things that actually begin to manifest in your life. And as we begin to have our minds renewed and as we are sanctified in our soul is that all these things become evident and other people be able to experience and see them that see them that you have changed without that. You can you can be a brand new spirit being still struggle with the same stuff, cuss everybody out, do horrible, mean things. Right. People say you're no different than what you used to be. And it's because, again, your mind hasn't been renewed. Your soul has not been sanctified. You know, you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to actually work in your life. So this is the reality of what we're dealing with. So God, as a part of that process, he has given you his perfect love. The word is called agape, right? So it's a reality of this asset that you have, a quality that you have as a spirit being that God actually gives you. And he gives you that perfect unconditional love and he gives it to you in an unlimited supply. So he's not even asking you to use your love, right? that failed love to love him back with. I mean, this is some crazy stuff to think about. So God gives you his love, makes you love like him because God is love. So now you become love. So now you're able to what? Respond back to him with that type of love. I mean, this is some powerful stuff. So with that being said, now you're able to what? Love your neighbor. Isn't it crazy? But it seems like we skipped something, right? Now, I've been given this love, this agape to love you back with God. And now you're saying that I should love my neighbor, but you're saying that I should love my neighbor as myself. But you never told me to love myself. This is powerful. And the reason why is, is that God's way, system, process, road, journey, right? Lifestyle, whatever you want to call it, is that it's so seamless and perfect that as you are receiving the love of God, as you are becoming aware and growing in an awareness of, of the love of God, and as you are, are, are reading the word of God and you see the reflection back, looking in the mirror of who you really are as a spirit being, you say, my goodness, I didn't realize that that's what I look like as a spirit being, right? 
I didn't know that that's who I am. I didn't know that's how I'm supposed to talk and treat people, right? So as you're starting to look more at this mirror and you start to align yourself with that identity and come into agreement with the re realistic, the, the real identity of who you really are once you confess hope and faith in Christ, then as that process comes, here's the beautiful thing, is that you actually are able to love yourself naturally through that process. God doesn't have to tell you to love yourself, right? So maybe before you weren't able to love yourself and be okay with who you, who you are, but now through this process, now you're able to love who you are, right? I mean, this is a case for, for me specifically, I'll say it this way. I grew up and I'm a, you know, melanin full guy, you know, I'm full of, full of melanin. I'm brown. Okay. I could be darker, but I'm, I'm pretty brown and I have this full big nose, right? Full lips. So when I'm growing up, you know, we used to have people that we would joke on each other is what we used to call it. And we say mean things, demeaning things to, 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 to put each other down, to put each other down. And one of those things we may do is, is talk about how dark somebody is, right? Or the, the curliness of, of, of our hair, right? We would say how nappy someone's hair is. This is to put them down, right? We would say, man, look how big your nose is to put them down, right? So growing up, then, then the last thing I did was feel good about what I saw in the mirror. I didn't really feel that good about what I saw in the mirror, okay? So as I am aligning with who I am as far as the identity that I have in Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, what I found is I'm able to look in the mirror and see images and I like what I see. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful thing. Not to say that I like what I see above someone else. I'm not saying that I say I look better than someone else or someone looks better than me. But just the comfort of being able to look yourself in the mirror without doing anything crazy or special. You know, if you're a woman putting on a bunch of makeup, putting on fake hair and doing all types of things and then being OK with that image or if you're a man. You know, your haircut has to be a certain way and everything has to be specific and you got to put on a certain, you know, type of clothes in order for you to feel like, you know, maybe uh, that you're handsome at that point. But I'm saying, you know, when I wake up in the morning with sleep in my eyes you know, and I haven't done anything special to look myself in the face and say, man, I I'm OK with that. I really like that. So I can appreciate myself The in the past, the way that I talk, the fact that I'm a Negro man, so my, my nose, again, is bigger. So I believe my nasal cavity is probably bigger, right? So just apparently when you hear a Negro talking, you know, then the case where you can understand on the other end of the phone that you're talking to a person that's probably a person that's full of melanin, and you can hear a person that's, that's of a European background, and you can hear, you can probably hear and pick up, you know, not just by the way they're saying it, but just something about the, 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 the tone of the voice and the things that, that lead, to, lead you to understand that, that person is a Negro or a European, right? Or, you know, whatever it is. But I'm just saying for myself, what I'm realizing is the way that I sound and say things, I didn't like that before, right? I went to jobs and had people trying to correct that. You can't say it that way, right? Because they wanted me to sound more European. And, and it wasn't until later on in life that I realized it doesn't matter how hard that I try to sound European, <laughs> I'm not going to sound European. What I'm going to sound like is a Negro that's trying to sound European. That's evident. So for anybody that, that, that's trying to do that, okay, it, it's just not going to happen. The same thing for uh, a European that's just going to work hard to sound Negro. I mean, you'll sound as Negro as you can, but the reality is, is there's certain things about being a Negro is just you're just going to sound different, right? And that's, that's fine. 
But for me, I was dealing with identity crisis where I was not okay with the way that I said things. So I was feeling like I had to go to certain jobs or places and be professional. Right now, I got to be this professional Corey thinking I'm sounding like something I'm really not, right? All I'm doing is showing them that I'm willing to uh, identify or align myself with another identity in order to get the job or, or to keep the job or whatever it is. So since I've been coming into, again, this, 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 this kingdom of God, the concept of who I am and aligning uh, with this love of God, man, it's something different, right? I love the way I sound, right? I don't have a problem with the way I talk. You may have a problem with the way I sound, the way I talk, but I don't. I love it, right? And it's a powerful thing. But in this natural process that God has put in place, now I don't have to be commanded to love myself. Isn't that a powerful thing? I don't, I don't have a temptation when I wake up to put alcohol in my body. Well, I'm saying I don't even understand why would I harm myself, right? I love myself. I love the temple that God has. This is God's temple. He's dwelling on the inside of me. Why would I take poison and put that poison in my body? I'm saying to people that are smoking tobacco, and I'm not trying to put you down or demean you or anything, but this, this is the case where, again, through this, this process that God has, has taken me through, it doesn't even make sense for me to take tobacco or some type of whatever it is and to light fire to the end of a stick, and I'm going to inhale smoke. I don't like smoke, right? Smoke makes me cough. If something were to begin to burn in or around me or whatever it is, I'm trying to get away from the smoke. It's called smoke inhalation, right? I don't want smoke inhalation. It makes your head hurt, make you sick. You could die from it. And then you're telling me that I'm supposed to take this stick and intentionally inhale smoke into my body? That doesn't even make sense to me anymore. Why would I hurt myself that way? Why would I kill myself that way, right? And thinking about all these types of things that we involve ourselves with that hurt us. I'm saying, no, I, I love myself too much. And I know God loves me too much to do those types of things to myself. Why would I sit down and continue to overeat day after day, month after month, year after year to the point where I can't see, you know, my feet or I can't bend over. And again, if that's you, this is not meant to put you down. I'm just saying that again, as a part of this natural process, I look in the mirror and I say, man, I can't see my six pack. I'm upset about that. I got to go and change some stuff in my diet. I'm saying in my, in my arms and my legs, I can't see my muscle tone. I got to get out and, and steward this body better because I like my body looking a certain way, right? And that's not, that's not arrogance. It's not a bad thing. It's just a case where, again, through this natural process, then now I'm able to actually appreciate who I am. I don't want to hurt myself. And I told my wife this, and I said, that scripture that says, again, love my neighbor as myself or love my brother as myself. I said, to be honest with you, when I look at the way that we're treating ourselves on a daily basis, what we put on our bodies and the things that we, uh, what we put in and on our bodies, okay? Again, tattoos and, and, and cuts that we do and, and piercings and things, that we, the ways that we mutilate our bodies. And, and I'm, I'm saying that the things that we put in our bodies and the things we do to our bodies, I don't want you to love me like you love you. <laughs> to be honest, I said... I'm looking at you and I'm looking at your lifestyle and the last thing I want you to do is love me like you. I'm hoping that you love me better than you love yourself because you're not loving yourself very well, right? So when, when God actually spoke that, when Jesus Christ actually spoke that command, then he's expecting that we are taking on this natural process so that we can actually come into a correct alignment 
with the way that we view ourselves so that if I am loving my neighbor or my brother as I'm loving myself, then I am really holding that person to a very high esteem. I value that person. I have a worth for that person because I should already have and be experiencing a self-worth. Powerful stuff, okay? So why am I saying all of this? I'm going through all this extent to be able to say and share with you that I know for a fact, now I don't know the depths of it, but I know for a fact that you may have had parents, a mother or a father, who did not show you, demonstrate, reflect to you this perfect agape, unconditional love of God. So that person may have told you, I love you and smacked you, right? That person may have loved, said, I love you and punched you. That, mercy, that person may have said, I love you. And they may have uh, taken things from you. That person may have said, I love you and sexually molested you, abused you, right? That person may have said, I love you and mutilated you in some way, cut you, stabbed you in some way to try to hurt you. That person may have loved you and had harsh words, okay? Words that were not encouraging, encouraging, uplifting words to you, right? Maybe that wasn't a parent. Maybe it was an uncle or a grandparent. Maybe it was a neighbor or a friend of the family that came in and took your innocence. These are the realities of the humanity, the world that we live in. It usually is not uh, some disease, right? Because right now, you know, in this space and time, there's a so-called pandemic that's going around and the entire world is in panic mode because they got this invisible thing that they can't figure out how to stop. It's not the disease that comes into your body like a cancer or HIV or something like that, that that's, that's killing you and hurting you. For most of us, it is our brothers and sisters. It's humanity. And, 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 and for, to be honest, it's usually not a person that's of a different uh, a nationality. It's not usually a person who has a different makeup or, or content of melanin, right? So what we want to emphasize on is to try to make the enemy a person that doesn't look like me, but usually it's the person that look like, looks like me that's causing the most harm to me. Isn't that amazing to think about, right? So when I say that, I'm not just talking about people that are outside of you. I'm saying you yourself also. So when Jesus Christ came on the scene, when God decided that he was going to send his only begotten son to save the world, not just kingdom citizens, not just children of God, but he said he sent his only begotten son to save the entire world. So when we're sitting in our sin, sitting in our lying and stealing and, 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 and sexual immorality, sitting in the things that we're doing and murdering, whatever we're doing, God knew that you would do that and still decided to send his only begotten son. That means the only son that came of himself to die for you so that at the point, at the moment, at any point in time that you were coming into a reality that he died for you is that you could be reunited with him again. Isn't that, a, isn't that a powerful thing? Knowing that you could possibly reject him, knowing that I could possibly reject him, he still sent his only begotten son, okay? So with this reality of, of this son actually being sent for you, then we understand that this love that God intended for us to have is that he not only sent his son to save you from sin, he sent his son to save you from yourself. Because for most of us, the person that does us the most harm is ourself. And I mentioned some of those things. No one forces you to overeat. No one forces you to smoke crack. No one forces you to take 
uh, heroin and put and put needles in your arm. Right. No one forces you uh, to drink alcohol. No one forces you to go into sexual immorality. Well, OK. And some <laughs> again, I make sure I say that maybe you were raped. OK. And again, I want to apologize for that. But for most situations, when it comes into a sexual interaction with the person, then it was a consensual situation. Right. Is that you went into a consensual, a consensual uh, interaction or an event with a person that you willfully decided that you wanted to have. And as a matter of fact, you pursued it, planned for it to happen. So for most of us, the harm that comes to us is not harm that comes from other people. It's the harm that we do to ourselves, right? The things that we read, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to that harm us, that put bad ideas and destructive and, and suicidal, depressive ideas in us, you didn't have anybody force you to put that in you. You go look for it. Many times it's your favorite artist. It's my favorite artist, right? Just telling me this. It's my favorite show, right? You binge watch a show that packs poison into your system. I mean, it's a very dangerous thing. Why? Because we have not come into a correct alignment with God and his love for us. There's no way we would do the things that we do if we really understood how much God loves us. And if I would engage in that process that allows me to correctly be able to have a natural love for myself, even though God didn't tell me to love myself, then I would be able to do that. Isn't that a powerful thing? Now, if I'm able to do that, how much easier is it for me to be able to show you love? Right. How much easier is it for me not to be jealous of you? Right. Or not to covet the things that you have to say, I, I don't want your car. I can celebrate you getting a car or a job or having a new spouse. I don't I don't want or long for or lust for the things that are yours, right? These are only things that happen naturally. Now, in religion, it sounds good, right? When I talked about uh, uh, religion and the hypocrisy and the acting that goes on in religious atmospheres, lying, okay? That's, that, that's a lie, these are things that conceptually, right, is in a, as a standard that we view in a book, whether it's the Bible or another written document, but it rarely actually is being carried out among the people that actually adopt that religion. I'm not lying to you, right? I'm not making anything up. You know I'm telling you the truth. You can have corruption in the priesthood, right? You can have Buddhist people who are, are corrupt, right? You can have ministers and pastors who are corrupt. We've seen it. And it's not just about leadership. It's about people that are in the religious organization just serving in those religions, right? They're hurting each other, gossiping and lying and stealing, having sex with each other, doing all kinds of th crazy things, hurting each other. So again, what I'm saying to you is, is that God so loved the world that he not only sent his son to save citizens of the kingdom of God, he not only sent his son to be able to save or bring salvation to people uh, who would be considered saints or peculiar people or ambassadors, right? Any of these words that God uses to identify his children is that he sent his son to save humanity, right? To save the entire world. And it's a powerful thing to understand. So what I want to make sure that I'm, again, conveying as best as I possibly can during this message is I don't care where you are on the planet. I don't care what language it is that you natively speak. Understand that God loves you more than any 
anything else, okay? I mean, it's a, it's a love that you and I really cannot imagine is how much God loves you. He loves you, right? And it's not just on your good days, not just when you're feeling good, praying seven times a day, or not just when you're feeling good, when you showed up to your religious you know, organization, a temple, a synagogue, or to a, a church building, not just when you are reading that religious document that they gave you to be able to so-called learn about the things that you're supposed to do that you're not able to keep. Not just when you're reading that, does God love you? God loves you on your worst day, right? When you're struggling the most with addictions, right? Sexual addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. When you're struggling the most, when you're uh, talking horrible to your kids and to your spouse, right? Loving you the most when you're stealing, right? When you think that no one sees you, but God always sees you. When you're taking things that don't belong to you, right? Loving you the most when you're laying in the bed with somebody that you know is not your spouse, right? Loving you the most when you're longing and lusting after someone or something that you know that you're not supposed to be lusting after, right? God loves you still in that time and, and decided again to send his only begotten son to love you, okay? So with that being said, I'm going to start to bring this to a conclusion. I think I've, I've nailed home <laughs> the fact that, that God loves you. Either you receive that or you don't. Uh, either you're going to be on a pursuit to discover that for yourself, you know, after this, uh, this, this broadcast or not. But I, but you can't say that you didn't know that. Okay. You can't say that no one's ever told you that because I I'm telling you very plainly and directly that God feels that way about you, that you don't have to continue in addiction because God sent his son to be able to, his son to be able to save you from yourself. The reason why people are hurting each other, the, the way that we're hurting each other is because we don't truly love ourselves the way God intended for us to love ourselves. So how can we love each other in a way that God intends for us to love each other? OK, so all of these issues that humanity has had and is having all the issues and inner turmoil that, that I and you may be having. OK, is that God has sent his kingdom, right? The, the kingdom of the king, the king, his kingdom, the kingdom of God, the king. Jesus Christ sent, right, to be able to provide solutions to every problem you have, including not being loved, right? And for men, again, not feeling honored, okay? So really, honored and love is really the same coin, but it's different sides of the coin, right? Because ultimately, uh, you feel honored and a woman feels love, but it's really the same coin, okay? So really, we're all seeking the same thing. And really, there's not going to be a true fulfillment. There's nothing else that will fill that void except for the kingdom of God. That is the void. That, that is what fixes it. Now, again, am I saying that you have to take it or you won't have any kind of love? No. If you decide to turn away from this call and go back into doing whatever you're doing, that's fine. But what you're going to do is, is you're going to fall into something that's going to allow you to, to feel love, right? It's, it, not, it may not actually give you real love, okay, but it's going to allow you to feel love. So with that being said, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to make sure I can, I can say a few things to release you from the bondage uh, that, you, that you may have been under. Again, I said to you, there's messages about love that I didn't think that were that exciting. But when I started to really study out, study out love myself, then what I figured out that this is the most important message, you know, other than the kingdom of God. Right. There's not a more powerful, more important message. So the first thing I'll say is, is that I apologize. OK, I'm going to appeal and I'm going to I'm going to offer an apology 
uh, on behalf of your mother, on behalf of your father, if they happen to be uh, uh, dead, uh, deceased and not, not with us any longer, uh, or if they are still with us, but maybe they're just not willing to uh, offer an apology for some of the hurt uh, that they've, that they've, that they've uh, provided or caused in your life. Uh, and it's possibly because they have shame. Shame sometimes makes it difficult for us to be able to face some bad decisions that we've made in our life. Uh, so on their behalf, I'm saying I'm sorry uh, to you. And uh, I apologize for the hurt uh, that was caused to you and the damage that was done to you. I apologize. And I'm appealing that you uh, accept the apology and forgive me. Uh, I, I offer forgiveness for the damage that was caused to you so that you can move on from that. OK, so again, if that happened to be an uncle, happened to be uh, an aunt, happened to be a teacher, happened to be a neighbor, a friend of the family, uh, maybe a brother or a sister could have caused that harm. Uh, whatever that harm or hurt was that you've been carrying around for your entire life. Uh, I offer again a, a, an apology that I pray now that you will accept that apology and forgive that person and never hold them responsible for that again and never try to bring it up to them again. If they happen to apologize directly to you, then take it, right? If they don't, now you're taking that apology. I'm offering that apology for you, okay? Another thing is uh, maybe it's not a case where someone really hurt you or did anything to you. It just psychologically, it seems like you can't have enough love. You just don't feel love for whatever reason. And you maybe don't know what it is. Maybe as a man, you just don't feel like you can ever feel honored or respected. And it feels like no matter what, you always feel like you're being ignored or someone is just putting you down. Uh, you just don't feel like no matter what people say or do to you, you just don't feel honored or respected. OK, then what I want to make sure that we do is, is I want to make sure that you understand that God loves you. And I'm going to speak right now to that demonic idea because it's an evil uh, uh, idea it comes from a, de a demonic source. OK, if it is a demonic presence that you have, I am speaking to it right now in the name of Jesus. You demonic spirit, you grieving spirit, you lying spirit, you spirit of depression, you spirit of suicide, you spirit of addiction. I'm speaking to you. I command you come out of this person right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I command you get out now, not later, not just now, but right now. Go now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that this person is fully delivered from this demonic force. Thank you, God. If you're dealing with just thoughts, OK, it could be a, a demonic uh, influence that you have, just ideas then I bind those ideas in the name of Jesus. I lock them up and I forgive them, forbid them from having any other influence on you in the name of Jesus. I command that those thoughts come under the obedience of Jesus Christ, who has the highest authority. So I command that peace come the peace that passes all understanding. I command it come. Father, I thank you that your word says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, spirit of fear. So spirit of fear, I command you go now. I bind and rebuke you and I forbid you from having any type of, uh, of, of roadway. OK, any kind of way in this person's life, I command you go. You have not given us a spirit of fear. Your word says that you gave us a spirit of what? Power of love and of a sound mind. So your spirit is a spirit of sound, of, of sound mind, of love and of power. 
So, Father, I thank you that that's coming on this person as I'm speaking right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that they are experiencing your love as I'm talking, God. Thank you that that sound mind that they are experiencing is allowing them to turn from the addiction that's been plaguing them. Thank you that sound mind is allowing them to be able to not crave uh, to overeat, to not crave foods that are destroying and hurting their bodies in the name of Jesus, to not crave any type of uh, uh, alcohol or any kind of drugs, to look for any kind of uh, sense of love or sense of being honored, God, is that they will look to you for that in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that as I'm speaking, God, is that a warmth is beginning to begin to pass over this person's body, God, consume them, God. Father, I thank you that, they're, that, your, that your arms are, are wrapping around them, Father God. I thank you, God, that your hosts are near them. Your spirit, Father God, is indwelling and filling the, 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 the place that they're in, Father God, that they can experience your presence, God, and they feel the warmth of your love right now as I'm speaking in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for that love being manifested, Father God, and, a, and, and it's a reality for them right now in the name of Jesus. So, again, what I'm saying to you is not something that I'm talking about. I'm telling you as a reality that this has happened, has happened for my life, and it's happened for many other people throughout history and all over the world. And it's happening for you right now if by faith you are able to accept this love that God has, has for you, this deliverance from the bondage that you have been under because you have not been able to really accept the love that God has for you, okay, because of the damage that someone uh, has done for you in your past, is that that thing is undone, okay? So if you have a, a, a gender uh, crisis, is what I'm going to call it, is that you, you're, you're really having a tough time dealing with who you are and who you've been made to be, then I bind and rebuke that demonic spirit in the name of Jesus. If you were born as a woman and you have a woman's genitalia and a soul that make up a soulish makeup of a woman you are a woman right embrace it god has has made you beautiful has allowed you to carry a womb that can carry and give birth to a child a man can't do that as a powerful gift a woman has the power of influence that you've probably still been working out and manifesting in your life a woman doesn't normally exert herself by force physical force she exerts herself by influence and that's a powerful thing if it's used for good you can help other people by influencing them to be able to do wonderful mighty things for their benefit and for the benefit of other people except the fact that god has made you beautiful okay it's a wonderful thing to be a woman that god has made you beautiful and you accept that and it's okay to put on dresses right put on makeup right put on some lipstick it's okay right it's okay to have a man to have uh, an affection for you and, and, and say, wow, you're beautiful and have men admire you because you're beautiful. That's OK. And it's not OK for them to, to, to violate your rights and to say things they shouldn't say. It's not OK for them to lust after you and want you for something other than either to be a wife or to see you as a sister. Right. But it's a case where that's OK. Don't run from that. OK, so I thank God that you begin to go through a restoration process that I'm, I'm saying from today forward, things are going to be strange. You're going to be like, man, I can't believe I want to put on a dress, right? I can't believe I want to put on uh, high heels or whatever it is, that, you know, again, for women. And for men, uh, again, if you've had that affection of wanting to dress, cross-dress and, and dress like a woman, put on makeup and all those types of things, then that's, that's done over with. I'm saying right now you are fully delivered. If that's what you want, you can accept it in faith and you'll see that you have a, a, a desire to dress like a man to do things men do and you have a desire, a natural affection for women, okay, and to have a wife and to bear children, no, no one can do what a man can do. It's more to being a man than just a genitalia, okay? 
So even if a person puts on the man of a, a clothes of a man, doesn't make him a man. It's more than just that, okay? I have a seed in me that I can plant in a womb that can bring forth life, right? No woman can do that, okay? I, I can do that as a man. Uniquely, as a way that I'm made up physically, I'm able to physically be able to endure a lot more uh, uh, pressure and pain and weight and a lot more things than physically a woman is normally able to do. It doesn't mean women are not strong. I'm not saying that. But again, men are designed to take that on and take that pressure on. So it's a thing about being a man, qualities mentally about being a man to be able to uh, uh, compartmentalize ideas so I can function, right? Emotions don't get in the way of my intellect normally the way it gets in the way of women, so it allows me to function without that stopping me. It doesn't make me better, but it's because I have unique roles and things that God wants me to do, and he has equipped me to be able to do that. Isn't that a powerful thing? So embrace who you are, love who you are. So I'm speaking that you are fully delivered. From the temptation that the enemy tried to bring on you so that you can't love the person who you are, right? You're going to look at yourself in the mirror as you are naturally, your naked body as you are naturally, and you're going to accept who you are, and you're going to celebrate it, and you're going to be okay with it in the name of Jesus. If you happen to have gone through some type of procedure that has changed some things because of, you feel like gender-wise you were a different thing, uh, whatever it is, then I'm speaking a reversal of that thing. I'm speaking total deliverance, and you're going to seek to make sure the, the things that you have done are put in proper alignment, whatever that looks like, okay, whether it's miraculously, because God can do that miraculously, or you seek to do it the same way that you had it done uh, with surgery. Whatever it is, is that I'm speaking that you are okay with the natural way that God has presented you to be because you won't ever be fully happy and have true peace and, and, and accept the purpose that God has for you by living another identity, okay? You can't do that. If you've never heard this before, that you are going to do a horrible job being someone else, right? So if you spend your life trying to be something or somebody else, you're going to always fail at it. But you're going to do an exceptional job, a perfect job, as a matter of fact, of being you because nobody can be you just like you, right? So accept the fact that God has intended for you to be you, okay? And nobody can do it the way that, that, that you can do it. And God has things that he wants you to do. Accept that and love what God has actually given you. So with that being said, if you haven't confessed hope and faith in Christ before, I encourage you to ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, okay? Accept the fact that he was risen from the dead and that he is the Son of God, Ask the Spirit to, to baptize you and fill you. Give the Spirit of God permission to be able to fill your soul. Upon your confession, then you become a new citizen. You become a new creature, and you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. So I welcome you as a citizen of the kingdom of God, and it is my responsibility to help you to be able to assimilate into the kingdom, to help your mind become renewed, to help your soul to be sanctified so you can have the benefits of the kingdom of God to manifest in your life. And I get excited about that. So with that being said, I'm going to end today's message. Uh, thank you for joining us for Super is Natural in the Kingdom of God. Uh, and this is, again, the version uh, where we talk about love and honor, right? So uh, I'm, I'm excited about, again, the life change that you're experiencing uh, is happening now, okay, and it will continue to manifest fest itself for the uh, for the rest of your life. Uh, so I'm thankful for all the life change. I look forward to hearing your testimonials. Have a wonderful day. I encourage you to get out to VictoryInTheKingdomOfGod.com. Uh, check out some of those messages and videos there. Uh, some music I have there. Join us on Thursday nights. 
Uh, you can you can actually join the online Bible study that we have on Thursday nights. It is at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or seven or 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I encourage you to ch- check that out. Uh, so I just look forward to you on future broadcasts. Have a wonderful day.